This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode number 56, 5, 6 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. And my name is John. And we're here to talk about stuff we watched this weekend the last. Yes, kind of doubling up here. Uh, I was in the hospital for a little pneumonia-related stuff, and I'm doing better now. Might sound a little sexier than usual, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so uh, we got some stuff to catch up on, and... uh, I think, Mike, I'm just going to jump right in and, and do a quick recap because before do I it left, up. we didn't get a chance to talk about that epic season finale of The Walking Dead. And let me just say, meh. <laughs> That's pretty much what I, I've gotten from most everybody when it comes to summing up this season. Of yeah. The you know, it started off such a strong season. I believe that I told you in the beginning, you know, I couldn't get over the fact how scared I felt, how nervous I felt with the saviors and and how evil they were, but manipulative and evil. It wasn't just like we're going to kill people. It was, you know, the buildup and the emasculation and everything. By the end of the season, they'd been defanged. Like, you could see the stuff that they were doing, like, you know, putting the hot iron to somebody's face to teach them a lesson and stuff, but it yeah. just didn't feel the same. And we had this big epic showdown at the end of this season where, you know, the saviors showed up because they knew somehow there was a mole in the organization that told them that, you know, Rick and everybody else was planning an assault on them. As soon as they showed up, they were going to take them over. And... uh you know, so they showed up armed for bear and ready, and they're like, we know what's going on. And it turns out, oh, lo and behold, it was the junk people. You know, the junk people got a better offer from Negan and the Saviors, and so they turned on Rick and everybody else and held them all hostage. And um, so we got another Negan speech where he's like down in Rick's face and telling him that he's going to bash Carl's head in and, you know, you brought this on yourself. But it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like angry and and like heart-wrenching or anything like that. It was like more of the same old, same old. And yeah. and even you, you kind of knew that now that Rick and company were fighting back that it wasn't really going to be a full-on assault. You know, you knew that something was going to happen. You were waiting for that moment when the hero comes from off-screen at the last second and saves them. And sure enough, that's what we got. You know, our darkest hour, light our darkest hour. Suddenly, one of the guys goes, ah, and Sheba the tiger comes in from off screen and just mauls his face. That was probably the best part of the entire episode was watching a CGI tiger maul a guy's face and seeing the behind the scenes afterwards and knowing it was a guy in a blue suit or a green suit jumping off a trampoline and mauling somebody on the face so that they could, you know, get the placement for the CG. That was kind of funny. But <laughs> it, it was an episode filled with a lot of cheesiness. You know, the leader of the junk people had been sitting up there with Rick on their high perch waiting to ambush everybody. When her people held everybody hostage, she had a pistol to the back of Rick's head. 
so then suddenly all the, you know, Rick's people and, and everybody else that's in there, they start scrambling and they're like, no, let's fight back. So they start fighting back. This woman is standing there with a pistol to Rick's head and he's like looking around back and forth frantically like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm not talking like his eyes darting. I'm talking his head turning back and forth and back and forth. Like, what am I going to do? And she just stood there like, uh, what do I do with this gun? Literally, she should have just popped him in the back of the head. It should have been easy. Bam, one shot, turn your focus back to the other people. But no, she let him go for no reason whatsoever. It's not like they decided that the saviors were bad and they said, you know, we'll, we'll help you fight against them. They ran off with the saviors later. It was just completely stupid, like blocking and scripting. I didn't like it at all. Um, but we ended with, you know, Sheba coming in because the kingdom has arrived and Hilltop arrived at the same time. And so all the heroes have now banded together and, and waged war on the saviors and sent them packing. But this isn't over because now the saviors are going to rally and there'll be the great war that appeared in the comic books. And it was wholly predictable. It was not entertaining and you know the original scope of the show was a zombie show and the zombies are really like taking third place now oh yeah yeah sounds like it it'd be like if the vampire diaries no longer had vampires but was all about a yogurt shop you know yeah i don't know i didn't like it so thumbs down i'm not thrilled about october but i'll still watch i'm sure i'm not gonna I'm not going to start it up again. I'm you may be the that. wiser of the two in that case. I really think I am. <laughs> I think I got off when the good getting was good. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, so real quick, uh, I'm I'm I really enjoy, and I know we haven't had a new episodes since April the second, but I really enjoy making history. Oh, so you have been catching up on it? Yeah, like I had kind of fallen off, and then it was just a time when I was like, oh, I only got like. 20 minutes and I want to go to bed type of thing. Yep. So I, I watched an I watched an episode and, and what it was is the episode where uh, they went to the 90s and it was like, so it's not always going to be back in colonial times. Yep. They're going to go other places. And I, I just, I loved that episode, especially at the end when he was like, I was the adult standing around <laughs> and it's like, has everything bad that's happened to you because of your own self now? Right. Do you think? And I mean, it was just, it was great, you know, and then the most recent episode when they're in 1919 in Chicago and they're trying to make, get a lot of money to buy the ice cream shop and, you know, it was the cliffhanger, et cetera. Yeah. With, uh, with Al Capone and everything taking their, their bag and their time machine and throwing it in the, uh, in his vault. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a funny show. It's a good show. Yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt that it'll get renewed, unfortunately. I know, I know. And on the other side of things, it's like I'm really not enjoying Powerless. No. And I'm comparing them as a half-hour sitcom comedy type show that has a weird premise is what I mean, you know? Yep, I can um, get the bat. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really enjoying making history and, and for what it's doing. And then on the other side, I'm not. I've watched Powerless. I'm caught up on Powerless. I'm just not enjoying it. Nope, me either. It's I'm. It's not a terrible show, but it's just not yeah. enjoyable. And I'm not enjoying this Alan Tudyk either. No. I just, I'm not, no. I'm just, which is upsetting. I love Alan Tudyk. Like, Alan Tudyk, the closest character that I've seen him play to this was Wash. But even Wash had his charm and his intelligence. Yeah, no, this guy is just a neurotic suck-ass, basically. Yeah, who has yeah, no just, redeeming qualities whatsoever. None, not a single one. You know, um, 
Yeah, I'm just not a fan. No, nope. not a fan. No, I think they really screwed the pooch when they decided to uh, go the R and D route at the last minute. Yeah, you know, when they changed the whole focus of the show to be like, oh, let's do Wayne Tech, you know, devices that can help protect against people. I mean, really, how often do they do that? They had the poncho. That yeah, that was the thing, you know, the poncho, and they're going to try and get the superhero. I mean, it was just it's a mockery. It's, yeah, I know it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's not. It's not funny. No. No, I'm not enjoying it, and yeah. I would not be sad to see that one go. Oh. You know, another one that I was really enjoying, but now I'm not sure that I am, is Trial yeah. and Error. You know, I haven't started that yet, and it's on Hulu. I just haven't gotten to it, but you didn't really give it a good review of the first couple episodes. I haven't heard anything good about it, and, you know, yeah. There's two episodes left this season, and the thing is... I like some aspects of it. You know, some of it is funny. Some of the jokes are kind of cool, but it all seems to be very formulaic. It all seems to boil down to like each episode. Um, in the beginning of the episode, they solve the crisis that was presented at the end of the last episode. Um, yeah. We have some bumbling, some fumbling, some ho, ho, ho jokes that all seem to be along the same vein. And then we... By the end of the episode, it looks like everything's going to be good, and then a bombshell is dropped, and oh no, yeah. there's going to be a crisis to solve in the beginning of the next episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, formulaic. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a huge fan. It's not again. It's not terrible. I'm not like telling people don't watch it, but I feel like e- yeah. each episode that you watch is almost the exact same as the last episode that you watched. Yeah. And when you're watching a half-hour sitcom, I mean, you know, there is a formula to it, I realize. And there's, and there's like, like, for instance, The Middle. Somehow that show's still around, but it's enjoyable. I watch an episode. I don't go, man, I can't wait to watch the next one. But it's more like, hey, I got 20 minutes. I'll throw this on. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, still, it's still a good show. And they're in their fifth or sixth season now somehow and still growing strong. So uh, same thing with Superstore. You know, I mean, uh, that – that's a great show. That I mean, is. that is funny. That's just plain funny. The most recent episode with Glenn and his kids. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> How they managed to have like three or four different little stories going on at the same time, but yes. none of them detracted from each other. Absolutely. I yeah. like that. <clears throat> so, I mean, when you're looking at a half hour show, it's not like it was like, you know, back when we had, that was the, the dominance of TV was the half hour sitcom, essentially almost from eight to 10 every day. Oh yeah. And then 10 to 11 was like, you know, your LA law, your Hill street blues or whatever it is, your hour long. Um, now the minority is that half hour sitcom and it just seems like they can't seem, you know, cause when they find one, they stick with it. Like say the middle. Or maybe even Superstore, like Big I Bang think Theory. Big Bang Theory, you know, How I Met Your Mother, you know, shows like that. They they stay with it, but then you know they try to bring in something new, like Trial and Error or Powerless or whatever, and they make it run for a half hour, and it's just like eh, it's not working. Yep, it's not working. And really, you know, uh, half hour live action shows on Sundays haven't worked in a long time on Fox for some reason. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Yeah. If it's not a cartoon on a Sunday night on Fox, then really it's not. Yeah. It doesn't seem to work for some reason. Yeah. I know for me personally, like the the most recent one was Last Man on Earth. Just yep. didn't hold me, you know, especially considering the show's called The Last Man on Earth. And within the first episode, they introduced somebody else. Right. And, yeah. and then more people. Yeah. And Correct. 
But yeah, I've never watched it, but yeah. They they try, especially with Fox, they're like, oh, if we have a half hour comedy, you know where it's going. It's going on Sunday. We'll try to wedge it in there with all of our proven shows. Yeah, yeah. And see if that will help, especially if we put it, you know, bookend it with two shows we know do well. But. Yep. Whatever. But I am enjoying making history. Yeah. uh, It's it's funny. I'd like to see it get renewed. I doubt it will, though. Yeah, same here. Same here. So, um, APB, I'm not caught up. Okay. Because uh, they just – well, actually, technically I am because they just had an episode on last night and we wouldn't talk about that. We're recording on Tuesday morning, by the way, the 18th, but we're not going to talk about shows from uh, Sunday, Monday this week. Right. So I guess technically I am. So the uh, character Lauren they introduced like four episodes ago now or three episodes ago now depending on how you want to look at the time frame. Um, did not like her at all. Nope. Could not stand her. And then – they quick. I almost feel like they're like people after that episode were like, "No, we hate this woman" because they got rid of her very quickly. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because like you know, she tried to, to you know to she wanted to monetize the APB app, and Gideon was like, "No, we're not doing that. We're not doing it." And then she tried to raise a coup and get him ousted from the company, and once again, nope, it's not working. You know that didn't that that didn't work out for her very well either. Um. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't do that. Like they didn't keep the focus. The focus of the show it's it's a police procedural show, not a behind the scenes of a tech company and the financial officer and on and on and on. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I honestly feel like they need to completely stay away from that. Just let them let the whatever happens in the company to keep it growing and keep the money going into it. Let that be in the background, in the foreground. Let's focus on the police stuff. Yes, and we'll just get all our backstory dramas from there. Even the girl, I can't think of her name, but the girl that works for him, that she got in that problem with that really sociopathic guy that's still <laughs> still still harassing her, if you will. Yes. Um, that's cool. That's a that's a good backstory. I'm enjoying that. That's affecting their job, if you will, at the police department because she's not there. And clearly, you know, Kubiak's doing a good job, but he doesn't know the system that way she does. Right. Exactly. Um. But. but yeah. uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, I agree with you completely that, you know, this woman came in and changed the dynamic of the show because it wasn't just, you know, there was always that little bit of like sexual tension between Murphy and, and, uh, what's his name there? Gideon. Gideon. And then yeah. all of a sudden this woman comes in and she presents a double, you know, problem to the status quo of the show because for one, like you said, she wants to monetize the thing. And for another thing, she's not just interested in Gideon. They're actively sleeping together regularly. Right. Right. And it goes from, you're right, like you said, the teasing sexual, you know, tension between the two of them. You think, oh, maybe something will happen to, oh, wait, no, he's, he's boning a lady on the side. Yep. Oh, and by the way, she wants to throw in a monkey wrench to everything that's going on. Yeah. And really, like, if they would have brought her in for that one episode, you know, because they tied it in with them being at the convention, how he needed to be there, and on and on and on. Okay, that's cool. But the one they kept going with it. Yeah. Yeah. It- so I'm, I'm glad they ended it quickly. Yes. It seemed like a storyline that would have been better served like three or four seasons in. Like he's been doing a lot of good and he's been dumping money constantly into this. And then we talk about the shareholders saying, hey, you know, you've had four years where you've been pissing money into the 13th. Yeah, you made a little bit of change. You know, but instead we're like, oh, hey, you're two weeks in and the shareholders want to know what you're doing. Well, I'm I'm innovating, you know. 
Yeah, <laughs> nope, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Um, oh, God, I saw this, and I laughed, and I thought, John is probably quite angry when he watched this. Uh-oh. And it's when uh, I have to be careful now because of Martin pointing out the uh, seven people who own the keys to the Internet thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, how that's actually true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think Mark can point out how someone could push some commands on his keyboard and explode his server stack from afar. (sighs) (laughs) You you would have to have it set up like, of course, we've all seen that you can use like cell phones and stuff like that for remote detonators for things. I didn't see a remote, you know, I didn't see C4 or explosives and smoking and yeah, he's overloading the servers. (laughs) They're going to explode. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Beat cops would not understand that. They would not say, Oh, he's overloading the servers. They'd be like, Oh my God, fire, get out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just thought that was, I thought that was pretty phenomenal. I thought you'd be a big fan of that. One of the best things that I ever saw on a show. And I wish I could remember what it was. I want to say it was like a episode of law and order or, or, something but it was a guy like that who had you know a bunch of computer stuff set up and he was a hacker and uh the police raided his place and they came in and they started grabbing his stuff and taking it out and they're doing the procedural stuff you know marking it as evidence and walking it out the door and then one of the cops suddenly realized something was wrong and they went and checked and he had set up a magnetic field in his doorway it was so, – I, I saw that too. It was like yeah. a CSI or a law and order or something like that. Yes. So as that they was, walked it out the doorway, it was magnetizing everything and wiping it. And stuff. erasing that. Yep. 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 That is realistic. Yes. That's yep. that's much more realistic than – of course, in a day and age of uh, smartphones, it wouldn't be too easy for him. You know, walk in there with your smartphone in your pocket accidentally and go, oh, shit. But – um, you know, much easier to believe than somebody who issues a few commands and suddenly, you know, their stack of servers is sparking and exploding. Overheating maybe, but you know what happens when a computer overheats? It shuts down. It yep. might melt if you, if you really, if you like take off the safeties on it, but sparking and exploding. No, that's, that's silly. So. The last episode I saw, we were at the point where she confronted the uh, the bad guy. I can't think of his name. I don't have it written down here. Excuse me. But she confronted that bad guy, uh, the guy that was going to take down Gideon and her and everything. Oh, yeah. And he, he backed off. Yep. And my immediate thought was like, she knows how crazy this guy is. She knows like what he was doing, what he's capable of. He was in her place for who knows how long by himself. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you checking for bugs, videos, anything like that? Because, I I mean, like, that would be my thought. Like, she would think that. And, of course, she didn't. And we see that there's a video in there. So I'm kind of glad this character is still around. Um, I'm hoping he becomes, like, you know, Murdoch to her MacGyver. Yeah. Wait, wait, have you started watching MacGyver or something? No, I'm referencing the good MacGyver. Oh, oh, okay. Cause, yeah. uh, cause, Richard Dean Anderson. MacGyver. Yeah, because the most recent MacGyver also has a Murdoch and their nemeses. Well, yeah, and in the original MacGyver, he was his long-term nemesis over the years, and he'd die and come back. Or nice. We'd, you know, he would think he would die, but you never saw the body. <laughs> it was always MacGyver, and he'd fall down some well hole or something like that, ridiculous, and then... Well, we didn't find the body, Mac. And he's like, he's still out. 
then, and then the next season, he'd come back for her story arc. It was phenomenal. I gotta love a good Sorry. villain. Sorry, there. Anyhow, gotta love. Yeah, exactly. You gotta love a good villain. Um. So anyhow, yeah, I'm good with APB. Yep. Yep. Uh. Just, I, I'm not going to go into great detail. I have been watching Chicago Justice. I think I'm an episode behind right now. Okay. It's okay. Um, you know, I guess it's okay. You know, it, okay. They're, they're, they're using their, their, their DA investigators. I mean, I feel like the format is starting to slowly change, which is surprising to see. I'm only a few episodes in where they're showing us more investigation than just courtroom stuff, where at the beginning it was all courtroom. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's all, it's all right. It's a Dick Wolf property. It's okay. So just uh, okay. It, like something that you put on the background. Yeah, I was about to say it's 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 gonna be a background show, really. Okay. You know, I'm gonna be doing some other stuff. It's gonna be on. It might catch my attention. I just yeah, it's it's okay. Um, Taken. Are you watching Taken? Caught up no, Taken? no. You've been saying some You're not watching Taken. Pretty good stuff about it. Yeah. Okay. So this most recent episode that I watched, uh, right off the top of my head, uh, Mills and his team they're running a uh, they're, they're running a play. And they're Canada, I want to say, and they're trying to get this this bad guy. And he, it's it's a weapons dealer, and they're trying to get like the underling so they can get the big boss, you know, that that type of storyline, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but in this one, Mills has been captured. He's been taken. He's been they taken. Even, <laughs> they even they even they even said that they took him. And I'm like, I wanted the person to go. You're saying Mills has been. Taken, but they didn't. They didn't. They uh, like, oh, what a wasted opportunity! They just said they took them. But basically, what it is, him and his team are trying to do this getaway, and and the, the Montreal police are after him now, as well as these other bad guys. And ultimately, like they when they went to go do the vehicle swap, Mills sped off another vehicle, and they're like, "Oh, he's sacrificing himself." And then he gets he gets he gets taken. And essentially, the episode is it's a it's a cut between. Mills being tortured and Mills being trained to be tortured, like his team that were there, they put him through, you know, torture scenarios to, I don't don't want to say build up his tolerance, but to educate him on what to do, how to handle it, how to act on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're basically seeing like his training for this and then he's going through it. And it was really done well. And I really enjoyed it, actually. And then at the end, of course, you know, his team comes and, and helps him. You know, like, what all seems lost, his team shows up and everything to rescue him and whatnot. And, and this is typically, like, in the show, once everyone's in cuffs and everyone's where they are and Mills is all patched up and on and on and on. And this show did two things that I enjoyed. The first was when he was leaving, he stopped and turned and he looked at this team and he said – I want to thank you guys for coming back for me. And you expect the, oh, anything, you know, we would do that, da, da, da. You know what I mean? The pats on the back and, yeah. you know, this and that. Instead, it was like, they gave him shit. <laughs> like, you don't do that without telling us. You don't make a play on your own. We're your team. You don't desert us like that. You deserted us. And they, they basically ripped into him. And I thought, oh, that's different. That's refreshing. That's nice, actually. Yeah. And then, yeah. And it was just like, you know, like, he's like, well, I thought, you know, I was, I was doing this so you guys could get away. And you went by yourself? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should have said something to us. You could have told us. We could have made a quick plan. We could, we could have divided so we could, you know, help each other more and this and that. It was great. You know, it was basically like, we're your team. You're not a solo act. 
You're not Liam Neeson yet. Right, exactly. But it was still good because, like, if you see it on other shows, they'd be like, oh, you know, we've, we'd never leave you, you know, but don't do it again. Or, like, right. you know what I mean? But we've no. We've always got your back, brother. Yeah, instead it was it was just like, don't do that ever again, you piece of shit, and this is why. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then secondly, you know, he's dating his sister's friend, and the episode ends. That's awkward. Well, you know, they comforted each other during their time of need. So she's he's meeting her parents. And normally it would they they'd play the game of like oh he lies about what he does and and they can't know and this and that and everything you know what i mean but mm-hmm. instead he's just like well you know i work for the government i'm sure you have an idea of what i do and you also know i really can't talk about it and you're going to have to be okay with that wow so that was also another refreshing thing like we don't have to deal with that little drama yeah, going no on no doubt that that's yeah. very refreshing yeah. to see so, in the scripted TV show. So I'm I'm actually really enjoying the show. I'm enjoying the missions. I'm enjoying the action in it. Um, and it is cool because you're seeing Mills. He has some badass moment, moments, you know what I mean, of badass, badass dumb. There we go. Yep. Sorry. Um, but he's not, like you said, he's not Liam Neeson yet. He's got to learn how to do that stuff. Right. And so, yeah. Learn to Liam. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. It's a it's a good show. Huh. It, you you make it sound pretty good. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I never would have expected it out of that show. Either that would was, I. Either that was would one I. Of my bottom picks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing. It's like, what was the other like Lethal Weapon? How much we're enjoying Lethal I Weapon? I know. You know, but then Rush Hour was complete garbage. Yep. Absolutely. You know? And I have not watched a single episode of Training Day, but I, from what I've heard and everything I've read, it's not good either. So, yeah. you know, but I didn't care for the Training Day movie either, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, hell with that. So, uh, you know, most of our shows, Gotham, Supergirl, uh, Flash, they're all on hiatus for a yep. couple more weeks, you know. Um, but we do have Legends to talk about, the two two-part finale. Yeah. That was right? an interesting time. I feel like I'm missing a – oh, fr- okay. All right. I got my notes here because I did make some notes and I'm like, I'm missing a page and the damn printer front and backed one of the pages. That's why. Uh-huh. This makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah. The um, Legends two-part finale was an interesting time, um, yeah. pun intended. I, I actually – I will say flat out I enjoyed it. Um, I watched them back to back. I yep. didn't. I waited to have them both to watch them, and I found that that was more enjoyable than probably if you would have watched them individually. See, I watched them individually, and it was still enjoyable. Oh, okay, um, good. I had to do a little, you know, reminding myself thing, or I was happy for the previously on. But it also gave me um, a little bit more perspective because of the big gap between them. It, it felt like when we were following the second team of guys that there really was a gap there where, you know, life had gone on for them. Right. Right. Versus, you know, I, I imagine if you watched them back to back, then it felt like, Oh, well, you know, yesterday we were here. So let's go right back to it. Whereas for me, it felt like doom world actually had a little bit of, um, staying power, I guess. Well, I think like of the two episodes, the first episode was, hi, we're in Doom World. This is what everybody's doing now. 
this is where we're at. And that was pretty much the whole episode. You know what I mean? They had to show us where everyone was, where everyone was at, build a little bit of backstory for everyone. And I thought they did a great job building the backstory for one episode of these characters and then leading into the the season finale of the show, basically resolving everything. Yep. You know? could I mean – one thing that I will always say about Legends of Tomorrow is you will never fi- – I've never found an episode and I probably never will find an episode where I say, wow, they couldn't have done that any better. I think that there's always room for improvement on this show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> you know, But when you're writing for so many characters, like in the first part of the finale, you think about – I mean you have all the legends, all the members of the Legion of Doom – Plus, they're incorporating characters, you know, or at least little tidbits of characters from Arrow, Flash, and everything. Yeah, you know, like Arrow Damian and Dark's little um, trophy wall there with the masks and helmets of the vanquished foes. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot they're dealing with there. Yep, yep, a lot, a lot of, of characters. Parts. So yeah, and then when you went to the the season finale episode where they're back in time, and not like you said, you have the two teams together kind of interacting i mean there was some awkwardness obviously but you know i don't know i thought it went well i I thought it did too especially considering all the hatred that we had for this show in the beginning of the season um yep certainly not going up on my list as a top show i might actually put it a notch above arrow at this point honestly oh Um, yeah yeah but i uh i do not hate it as much as I did because I feel like they're starting to rein things in and focus on what they're supposed to be focusing on. Yes, yep. there's always going to be ways for them to redo the the timeline or, you know, figure this, this, this out better. But I think that, you know, they're finally getting their groove and, and doing things a little bit right. Um, yep. I really liked Doom World uh, as it was. You know, it felt more like like – We'll talk about it soon, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing a much better job because they're dedicating multiple episodes to it. I was about to say, if they, if they spread Doom World out a little bit more, it might have been, might have been better. But yes. like, yeah. Comparing it to Agents, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the framework, yeah. And it's too bad because they're happening right now. You know, if Agents had been doing this like three years ago, we might have said, well, they could have looked back, but they're doing it right now, so it's easy to do an immediate comparison. Um, right. But it was still, for what it was, it was fun, it was campy, it was like a, a one-off issue of a what-if comic. You know, what yeah. if the Legion of Doom took over, and, you know, you'd see the uh, the cover with all of the, you know, deceased, deceased, deceased heroes, or, you know, wanted posters, stuff like that. Um, so I, I got behind it. I said, you know, they're giving it one episode, that's fine, I'll get behind it, and sure, it was fun. You know, there was some fun aspects to it. Um... When we go into the second episode, there mm-hmm. was one note that I put down, and it's just like – because if you think about it, you know, Sarah's a smart girl. She's yeah. a tactical, you know, fighter. You know, Gray is smart. They're all smart, intelligent people. Yep. You know, they're scientists. They're archaeologists or whatever. And yet every time, every time they come in contact with the priceless glass vial of Jesus Christ's blood <laughs> – they immediately throw the protective case it was in away and then just go, hey, I got the glass vial in my hand. Like, <laughs> It's so true. You know what I mean? Like, come on now. <laughs> Leave it yeah. in the protective box it was in. Yeah, they throw away the protective that, box and hold it out at arm's length. Like, yeah, look, the pr- everybody. 
the protective box that kept it safe, you know, apparently only six inches in the earth yep. for 2,000 years or, you know, 1,900 years, you know, but yep. whatever. And apparently it's a protective box that is strong enough to withstand Ray's blast. Yep. Yeah, because he just basically, like, he pulled the ground. I went, well, there, there, there it goes, I guess. Yep. I, I but, guess that's done with. But yeah, no, it was just, uh, I found it funny and I was like, oh, come on, guys. You're all basically, you know, either brain surgeons or rocket scientists. And yet, <laughs> you know, you're just going to take the glass vial of Jesus's blood and throw the box down and be like, I got it. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Kinda> so. <laughs> um. The other thing I had a problem with a little bit was the um, the, the the Rory story of him going from <sighs> turning on them to finding redemption to finding redemption again and then coming back out as being a member of the team again. You know, like that went really fast, that full circle yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, I, I know why they did it that way, but it just – it, that one really again, fast. it's kind of like Doom World. If they could have spread it out a little bit, it probably yes. would have had more impact. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I mean, I thought they finished out the season well. The Legion of Doom was disbanded. The Black Flash came and took Thawne. Yeah. Took I all mean, the Thawns. Although, honestly, like, you and I know we've seen the Flash. We've seen enough battles yeah. between Reverse Flash and Flash. Yeah. You know that if there were that many Reverse Flashes out there, that battle right. never would have lasted anywhere near no. as long as it did. Oh, goodness, no. No, the fact that, like, Sarah stood there for as long as she did without being touched by anyone was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you but, know, um, Ray yeah. and Steel both standing up to his beatings so eloquently. Yeah. Yeah. But still... Black Flash came, took yep. out all the fawns, um, yep. so he's gone. I, I can't see him coming back on any show. Nope, but I know that they did mention that Black Flash will be back well, probably Black next Flash. season. Well, I thought Black Flash was going to have a bigger role on The Flash this season, too, still to come. I did as well, and we could still see that. Yeah. Um, anyways, like I said, Legion of Doom is disbanded. Malcolm, Dark, and Snart are all returned to their timelines and have their memories wiped. Yep, yep. And then Rip leaves the ship because, like we kind of talked about, the team, well, he's going to leave. You know, he says he's going to leave the ship because the team is, he's not their captain anymore. They've become a team without him. Yep. And so then and, what does he really bring to the table? Nothing. Exactly. And then, uh, other than great cake decorating skills, I guess. <laughs> and then, um, you know. They they somehow hit a time storm and they get crashed in 2017 Los Angeles and apparently there's dinosaurs running around. Yep. Which while I was in the hospital, I was spending a lot of time watching Doctor Who because they were doing marathons, and that oh, immediately that doesn't sound terrible at all. <laughs> it it wasn't. Um, it immediately made me think of the episode uh, the Wedding of River Song when time had stopped and so everything yes. was happening all at once. So you had you know Roman gladiators riding zeppelins with dinosaurs in the middle of Britain with trains and flying cars and stuff like that. So that's immediately what I thought of. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if they're going to do something like that. I'm, I'm wondering what the direction is. Is this going to be a one-off, you know, so that they come back 
And because remember, this season started with Oliver and Steel before he was Steel, um, you know, looking for the crashed ship because there had been documents and, and writings that the ship had been crashed at the bottom of the ocean and they had to figure out why it had crashed and what had happened to them all along. Kind of figure out a mystery, but it, it was so easily undone that we forgot by the end of the season that that's what was going on. Yeah. So that's what I'm wondering here is, this whole dinosaur thing with the time quake and everything, is it going to be like Flashpoint was last year or this year for Flash where we're going to get like one, two episodes and then they're going to fix it all and go, okay, now let's get on with the rest of the show. Or is this going to be a constant thing for them? Huh? Well, I'm I'm sure we'll find out next season. (laughs) I will say, I think the biggest difference between this season and, and last season is last season, the whole goal for the whole season was battling uh, Vandal Savage. Yes. And so you had the one thing, and he was already established, you know, on Arrow first, or Flash, both of them. Both of them, yeah. He, he was an established person that they are going after. Yep. Whereas we had now had the three and then later four villains, the Legion of Doom, which individually they were established – but not collectively. And right. so I think that was one of the biggest problems with this season, why it was kind of uh, – is because we still had to learn – like we, the bad guys had to become a team throughout right. the season. So then by the end, they had a team versus a team. And I think maybe that was where we had such stutter steps along the way. Yep. I could see um, that. With this season and the last season, I guess. So – I did appreciate that they actually gave us some death. And granted, you could say, oh, it's the cheesy kind of death because these were their doppelgangers or, you know, their, their versions from another timeline and they couldn't survive anyway. But it still got to have some meaningful-ish deaths in the show. Um, not an off-screen death, not a, I'll protect you all, I'll seal you outside of this. You know, we got to see people bleeding or shattered. Oh, yeah. Or rip their hearts out. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it was – that was kind of refreshing, honestly. Not that I'm a death junkie, yeah. but it was nice to see a well, show like this okay. where everything seems to be, you know, rainbow farts and bubblegum all the time. And it's I know, dark. like, Ray being killed, he wasn't killed forever. Uh-huh. Um, but still, that version of him was dead forever. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it goes back to like when uh, Damien Dark stabbed Sarah Lance, not Sarah Lance, Laurel, with the with the arrow to, when she was killed or whatever. Yep. He stabbed her in the stomach. Not a definitive death. No. Could die, might not die. Maybe they're going to, you know what I mean? Maybe they're going to fake her death on and on and on instead of just putting that arrow straight through her heart and just killing her dead there on the ground immediately. Yep. So. Anyhow, whatever. So that's that. Um, yeah. Blacklist, uh, Redemption. Okay, so this was an eight-episode miniseries. I, I know it yeah. was supposed to be a backdoor piloted series series, but it felt more like a miniseries. In fact, by the time the eighth episode rolled and credits were done, I felt like the whole thing – the whole eight episodes was nothing more than like one big episode that was setting up something that I don't know. Yeah, I know. I felt the way they wrapped it up, like, and I didn't feel that way until I watched the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? 
And my biggest thing the whole time has been Liz. What's Liz think of all this? How is Liz okay with this? And he's <laughs> they talking about how he, it in like the beginning of the seventh episode. Yeah, well, yeah, and he talks about how he hasn't seen Agnes and this and that. And then finally, Liz is just like, "So how are things going? Oh, I miss you. It's going well. Oh yeah, good. I should be home soon. Yeah, well, you got to get this squared away. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's it then. She's yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. And then it's like. How quickly, like, Solomon went from being kind of like buddies and teaming with Tom and them working together to just, oh, I'll kill him. Yeah. Oh, I'll torture him. Whatever. I don't care. I'm a sociopath, apparently. He really just, is a sociopath. Yeah. And then, like, they started dropping hints. Like, they had hinted all season that uh, Howard was crazy. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I'm not, you know, and, and, you know, Scotty's the bad guy and this and that. And then, like, they played the hand so obvious near the end that when they do the – when you see the last scene of episode eight, it's like, yeah, I totally saw this coming. Like, it wasn't – they didn't they didn't do a good enough job keeping it hidden. They play, yes. they showed their hand too much. There we go. That's oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. They I'm showed their hand right. way too much in those episodes. Yep. Where you had the moments like, you know, like, you know, you you weren't going back and forth in your mind. At some point you're like, oh, this guy's totally the bad guy and she's actually the good guy. Yep. And then you see the last moments of the episode, episode eight, and you're like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I wonder who that was supposed to be surprising. Right, exactly. But, you know, I, I just – I guess I was disappointed because I enjoyed like the first six episodes a lot. Yep. And then even episode seven, it's like, okay, all right, it's going. And then episode eight, I'm like, oh, really? I mean, like, <clears throat> all right, so part the, the, the episode seven opens, you know, with, with Tom talking to Elizabeth. So, you know, she's cool with all this and everything. And then, you know, Scotty's now telling everyone and their brother that, that Tom's her son. Yep. And she confronts him about it immediately. And then sends him off to be tortured. Yeah. Because she doesn't believe him about when it comes to Whitehall, you know. And my favorite part of that whole torture scene, though, is when Solomon gets closer, Tom headbutts him, and then he gets up and he turns the chair and he hits him with the chair. The chair doesn't break. The cuff just seems to pop open. And Tom actually looks at it like, holy shit, what happened? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I thought that was a cool little moment when the cuff came loose and he looked at it like, oh wow, okay, I didn't see this coming, but it, I'm going to run with it. It makes you wonder if it was like an, an off take, you know? And they used it. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? Let's just go with it. It looked good. It looked authentic. Well, because he didn't break his thumb. He didn't break the chair. You know what I mean? It just kind of like popped off and he was like, oh, whoa. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed that more than anything. <laughs> Um, the whole thing is yeah. so convoluted, though, with finding out that, um, you know, Scotty's assistant there was also sleeping with the male hooker that Scotty has been sleeping with, who, yes. you know, she set up the whole NDA. Uh, and then I know oh, the guy's handsome, but come on. Well, and, he, and don't don't forget, he's also apparently been working for Howard the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, and, that way he could get closer to uh, the whole organization and keep tabs on them and and it, somehow break into her computer to make transactions and take her phone to make her flip phone. Yes. To make transactions. Phone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was 
Yeah. yeah, and we're we're also supposed to believe that in addition to being brilliant and highly technical and blah blah blah, he's also so damn sexy that he could just seduce these powerful women like at the snap of his fingers. Yeah, and they and he would also, you know, they would tell especially Scotty deepest darkest secrets. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. I don't know. And the whole thing is too, it's like the way it's all been set up, it's like how do you have a second season? Because you know Tom's going to be on the blacklist. Yeah, next this this coming Thursday night when they have two episodes, he's probably going to be on one or both of those episodes of that show. Yep, and his dad still be you know because it's in real time with the blacklist. So I mean, like it's not like it's not like this is CSI New York and CSI you know um, regular Las Vegas. Yep. And they're running two different stories separately, and maybe they cross over a little bit, but they're still different stories. So when New York ends on a cliffhanger, but L.A. still got some episodes, or I mean Las Vegas still got some episodes, it doesn't bleed over. It's fine. Right. You can have the two different things. But in this case, like, his dad and Whitehall have this device still. That hasn't stopped. Right. It's, it's, it, it's hard for us to – Suspend the disbelief that we're going to wait a whole season or whatever it is for this to come back to continue that story when Tom's over here on the blacklist continuing the story. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't like how they ended it. I didn't. I just. Yeah, I didn't like how they ended it. I wasn't satisfied I, with the story. I'm the same way. And like I said, I felt like this whole thing was a buildup that didn't need to happen because we spent eight episodes establishing a world. And I know you and I have talked about this before. We've talked about world building and, you know, being able to establish characters and stuff and not just jumping in. But this really felt like a letdown. By the end of the eighth episode, I was like, wow, they really just put in these eight episodes to introduce these characters and introduce this idea so that they could set up the evil organization run by Howard and then say, okay, now, I mean, what would they even call the show? Because the whole thing was, you know, Blacklist Redemption. They would say on all the commercials that it was these bad people who are on the Blacklist yeah. are Tom's looking for getting redemption. redeemed. Yeah, Tom's getting redeemed. Solomon's getting his redemption. Scotty's getting redeemed. But, yeah, now, but they're not. No. And Solomon's still a bad guy. He's a very bad guy. Tom, okay, well, he's going to feel like shit when he finds out what's really going on. Yep. Because that's the other thing too. They end it with Tom and 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 Scotty's secretary or assistant falling into Tom's arms, all stabbed up from from ice pick wounds, giving her the giving him the thumb drive, proving that Howard's the bad guy and Scotty's the good one. And that's just gonna stop. Tom's just gonna be on blacklist, being like, nah, "I'll get to that later." Right, right. I got that, other that things to deal with Sorry. right now. I forgot I didn't include that when I was complaining about how the storylines continue with Tom on blacklist. And like, so how are we going to, so it's like, is this it? Is this a one and done eight episode thing for whatever reason? Which honestly, I hate to say it, but it should be. The way they ended it, it has to be. Yes. Yeah. The way that they wrapped it up, the way that they presented it to us, if they had stopped after six episodes, I would have been like, can't wait to see more of this. Now that they've given us this story to completion, I don't want to see any more. If they resolve it on the blacklist, let's just say. And then Scotty gets out of jail and this and that, and they reconcile. And that all happens on the blacklist, even though it probably should have been episodes friggin' 9, 10, 11, and 12 of Redemption. Yep. But if they resolve it all on the blacklist, then we go into next season with another season of Blacklist Redemption and the team's back together. Okay, maybe. 
but then you still have to resolve this on the blacklist. If they don't, if they just leave it at that, I mean, it's they can't. They right. can't because of how they ended it with Tom getting the you know getting the thumb drive and and everything else. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, unless Blacklist comes back with him immediately going to the FBI and saying, hey, look, you know, I've got this. We need to figure this out. Whitehall is too dangerous to be in his hands. Yeah. <clears throat> and then getting Reddington gonna- involved in breaking Scotty out or whatever. But yeah. already I've seen the previews, and the Blacklist is going to pick up right where I thought it was going to pick up. And- oh, it's Denby. Yeah. Number 10. Yeah. Well, it's, and that's, and true, that's what the Blacklist needs to do. Because that's a story I'm dying to see. You yes. know, Denby tried to kill Red yeah. or poisoned him at the very least. So, but of course, it was working with his f- former cleaner, like I knew. Yep. I mean, you had to know that. You had to know it was her behind oh. the scenes. Yes, of course, of course. So, yep. So that's going to be interesting. <sighs> yeah. 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 I, it's unfortunate because, like you said in the beginning, I was enjoying the show, but now. I think redemption needs to go away unless they can find a way to properly resolve it, which I can't see happening, which is too bad. Yep. It is too bad. What else did you watch this week, pal? Well, um, I caught up the first two episodes back of Archer and I want to talk about that because they did something this season that is really awesome. I really like the way that they're doing this. Uh, for starters, I think I talked about it last season, but, um, the beginning of the last season of Archer, we saw Archer floating face down in a pool, supposedly dead. And there were some detectives talking and making jokes about, you know, him being dead. And they walked off and we were like, oh, what's happening? And then they did the whole, you know, six months earlier. Um, but by the end of the season, there was no way to deny that Archer was the body floating in the pool. You know, they we had been introduced to robot duplicates, but we found out that the robot duplicate was outside the pool. The body in the pool was Archer's, and he had been okay. floating there for a long time and bloody and shots in his gut. Um, well, also in the meantime, uh, in real life, George Coe, the guy who started off doing the voice of Woodhouse, uh, passed away, and they wanted to honor him because of that. So what we have here is we have Archer dreamland, which is him. Archer is in a coma. Uh, we, we start off on a funeral and all the ISIS agents are there for the funeral and it's Woodhouse's funeral. And they're very sad, very upset about, you know, how he could go out like that. They'd introduced in the show a while ago that Woodhouse was a heroin junkie. So it wasn't too surprising, especially given his advanced age, but, uh, then we see that Archer is in the hospital in a coma. They don't know if he'll ever wake up or what's going on. So inside of his head is playing out this dreamland thing, you know, this World War II, Los Angeles. He's a private investigator. Everybody's there in different capacities. You know, if you've seen the commercials, you know the different things. Lana's a lounge singer. and His mother is mother, the crime boss of L.A. Uh, but in the dreamland sequence, the reason that the, the thing that's driving him is that his partner Woodhouse was killed and he wants to find out who killed him. So it was a nice little nod, a nice um, way to honor George Coe. And at the same time, give an actual story behind this type of thing. I've, 
some shows can do that well. Some shows do it terribly where they do the whole, you know, oh, I'm in a coma and it's a different kind of world and everyone's a little bit differently. Sometimes it's really cheesy. Sometimes it's really cool. I So far, I've watched two episodes. They're doing this really well. It feels like a different kind of archer. It's not just him being a careless, cocky, secret agent who can do anything that he wants and has a drinking problem. This guy feels like a grizzled detective who really wants to um, – figure out who killed his partner and figure out how he can get to the bottom of things. But at the same time, it still has the humor and the fun of Archer. So there were a number of times that I'd laugh out loud, uh, you know, rim shots and stuff like that. But it really is a well done season so far, two episodes in and I'm already, you know, really drooling for the next one. Well, I may have to check that out then. Yeah. It's, it's quite enjoyable. Um, I did also want to, this was from a while back, uh, but I wanted to bring this up for anybody who watches it out there. Rick and Morty. Uh, okay. Rick and Morty is a brilliant genius cartoon show done by Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. Dan Harmon, of course, from Community. Uh, Justin Roiland was just this kid who does stuff like this and, uh, came up with the idea and worked with Dan Harmon. It was because of this show and the different dimensions and realities and stuff like that, that uh, Dr. Strange people tapped Dan Harmon and said, would you help us with some of the science behind the quantum realm in Dr. Strange? So Rick and Morty ended its second season last year and it was kind of on a big cliffhanger and people were wondering what was going to happen. And there was even a PS at the end of the episode. They were like, Oh, we'll see you in a year and a half. Uh-huh. Who knows when it'll come back? Who knows what's going to happen? Because that's Dan Harmon's sense of humor. You know, he's basically a big middle finger to all of his fans. Um, yeah. And, this past April Fool's Day, he tweeted out something that said, boy, too bad I couldn't wave a magic wand and just, like, give you guys the season three premiere of Rick and Morty. Wait, maybe I will. And suddenly, out of the blue, Adult Swim just started running a continuous loop on their website of the full season three premiere of Rick and Morty. And then they also started playing it on their uh, stations at like 1030 at night, 11 o'clock at night and letting people know that it was going to be there, but it was just completely unannounced out of the blue, no warning whatsoever, no build up, no tweets saying, you know, we've got a big announcement coming or anything. It was just a complete like, Hey, flip a switch. Here's the first episode of season three. We'll see you this fall with the rest of them. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen done for a, a TV show, whether it's animated, half hour, hour long, whatever, in a long time, where they just suddenly were like, oh, and by the way, April Fool's, you're getting something. Usually April Fool's, it's like they would have been like, uh, you know, oh, here's the premiere, and it would have been an old rerun episode or it would have been a giant middle finger or something. No, nope, they yeah, gave you the big, whole thing. Yeah, a big bait and switch. Yeah. Yep. And it was, it was just as crazy as the previous seasons before it, the entire thing, um, I won't get into it too detailed, but the entire thing was based around Rick's desire to go back in time to the early 90s when Mulan was in theaters and McDonald's did a special promotional Szechuan sauce for their chicken McNuggets. And it was the greatest sauce he had ever eaten in his life. And like at the end of the episode, he's screaming at Morty and he's like, this is it. This is my entire arc as a character. 96 episodes, nine seasons. I will get my Szechuan sauce. I want that Szechuan sauce. And it faded out to credits on that. 
ever since then, McDonald's has been joining in on the joke, and there's been tweets and pictures and stuff like that about McDonald's talking about possibly bringing back yeah, the Szechuan I, sauce. I've seen that all over my Facebook here and there. Like, like that seemed to bring up the uh, 20 items that are discontinued at McDonald's that people want back, and yep. on and on and on. So, yeah, that's kind of funny. Yep. So it turned out to be this whole industry spanning thing and I just couldn't have been happier and I meant to talk about it on the last podcast but I didn't so I put in my note here please talk about Rick and Morty so that was one of the coolest experiences I've had in a televised world for a while now solid yeah nice so what else you got uh well I mean I don't really have any other shows to talk about okay I got two shows to talk about I was going to say you don't have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at least I'm going to save them for last. Okay. Oh, yeah. I forgot we hadn't talked about S.H.I.E.L.D., actually. I, th- I thought we did for some reason. Okay, so let's just talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Um, so LMD is what they're calling this, right? Or Agents of Hydra? Uh, yeah, this one's Agents of Hydra. LMD was the Sorry. last batch. LMD was the last, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, because uh, Carolyn wanted to know what we thought about how this season of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going with the three different story arcs, you know, with the Ghost Rider, the LMD, and now the, the Hydra. Um I mean, it's, it's creative. It's original. Yep. yep. You know, by definitely branding yourself as having three distinct type of it's, – it's like you're reading, you know, like 12 issues of a comic book and you have multiple stories throughout the year. So. Yep. Yep. I couldn't love it more, honestly. Yeah. I, I find that a lot of these shows that we like or we don't like – if you hit a story that's doing well, like um, when we the first season of Flash, you know, with Reverse Flash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was great. You know, you latch right on. You're like, I want more. I want more. But when you hit a misfire, that's yep. when you start hating it. And like Arrow you, this season. Yeah, yeah. You hate watch it as you were talking about earlier. Yep. Um, so with. With S.H.I.E.L.D., the way that they're doing it is they're breaking it up into chunks so that even if you're like, you know what, I didn't like Ghost Rider at all, you don't have to wait that long before it changes gears completely to LMD. I don't think anyone said that. I don't either. Maybe they they said they didn't like LMD at all. I'll buy that. But I don't think anyone was saying they didn't (laughs) think Ghost Rider because Ghost Rider was pretty phenomenal. It it really was. Um, But I love the fact that – they can just say, okay, here's a story, we want to tell it, and then we're done. You know, yep. it's a lot more honest than Blacklist Redemption was with us. Yep. Um, yep. And it's, it's, like, it's fun. With Luke Cage, you had 13 episodes, or 12, whatever it was, but you had two distinct stories. The first half was all about Cottonmouth, the second half was all about, um, I want to say Razorback, but that's not it. Diamondback. Diamondback, thank you. Um, but, you know, it's just presented as one show. Yep. S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing now three different stories, but, like, the opening credits are different. The logo's different. You know, they're putting the subtitle on there. This, You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they are branding each as three different sections, and it's they're, they're doing such a great job. They are. And, um, you know, I, 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 look, I, I'm, I look forward to more seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. done this way, actually. I do, too. Like yeah. you said earlier, it is more akin to like reading a comic book, you know, yeah. and feeling like you're getting the episodic content. It yes. not every one of them has to be a phenomenal thing, you know. It's kind of like how you'll see, uh, you know, Spider-Man will go through Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and then there'll be part of the Secret Wars. 
Yeah. That kind of encompasses everything. Whereas shield is in and of itself, you know, it's not flash plus arrow plus uh supergirl, you know, it's not a connected universe across multiple shows. Correct. Um, Correct. So it's not going to have that benefit of it. But I love the fact that they can say, okay, we're shifting gears and this is what we're going to focus on and really make it more entertaining. Like if they had not rebranded this, if it had just been like constantly agents of shield, agents of shield, agents of shield, and we saw the ghost rider stuff, you'd forget about like where ghost rider ended, where LMD began, you know, it, it might kind of blur the lines, but the fact that they're setting it up with the marketing material, with the uh, graphics and everything like that, it really makes you feel like you're more part of it. You know, oh, I want to yes. go back and watch the whole LMD chunk and see what and happened that's, in there. that's what's great. You can go watch just those episodes. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go rewatch the Ghost Rider chunk, you can just watch those, you know – five, six episodes, whatever it was. I don't remember now, yep. but you can just watch those episodes and it's like you have a complete story within those episodes. You don't yep. have to rewatch the entire season. Right. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty damn genius, really. Yeah. Uh, hiatuses. Hiatuses are handled so much better like this because even though we went on a big hiatus with the cliffhanger of, you know, them being trapped inside the machine, they didn't have to sit there and like bring us back up to speed and have them standing outside the machine and blah, blah, blah. They just jumped right in. They were like, this is it. Yep. You're in the framework now. Yeah. Um, so now that they're in the framework, I mean, there's a way they brought Ward back. Yep. That was pretty cool. You know, uh, you know, Daisy, of course. Um, cause they, well, they find out that they're stuck in the framework because Ada shut up, shut down their backdoor escape that they had. Don't call her that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, Ward is once again a double agent. Like, I love that little joke of, like, <laughs> yes. for he was a double agent, you know, as a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. for HYDRA. Now he's a double agent as a member of HYDRA for S.H.I.E.L.D. And, um, but, you know, he's still in love with Daisy in both worlds or Sky, whatever they want to call her nowadays. But they're not calling her Quake. Well, they might. Who knows? Um, and, and, you know, Fitz is the doctor that everyone's afraid of. And it's funny because, like, you know, at the end of the, the the two episodes ago, or the episode one, or I don't know how you want to call it, three, two, I mean, I mean, of this storyline, you know, Coulson finds out, who, by the way, he's an anti-inhuman school teacher, but he remembers who Daisy is. I mean, he's having some, you know, his memories are helping take over, if you will. It's because of the soap that he makes, you know. It's because of the soap. And that's the other thing. I love the fact that he's a conspiratist. Yes. Guy. I think that is hilarious because he's busting out some of the funniest lines yep. in the thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, with, and then we, we meet, you know, Mac and he's got a daughter and they're both smart, but he's not a hero until the end of the episode, that is. Yep. Um, but what I want to know is how did they use, oh, sorry, Ada knew to use Mac against Daisy. Yep. Um, but Fitz doesn't question that. You know what I mean? Like that, that part wasn't quite, he's questioning other things. He's questioning Gemma being alive and some sort of attachment he feels like he has towards her, but he still shoots Agnes in the end. He still tortures the doctor. You know, he's still now allegedly going to torture, torture, uh, Daisy. Yep. Um, do you think that Gemma, when, when they get out of the framework, cause they will. Yep. Do you think Gemma will not be able to be with 
real fits, if you will, now that she's seen what this fit. You know what I mean? One thing that I can say for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from Hold the on, beginning. Sorry, and I do like that the fact that they actually call him Leopold. <laughs> yes. Because they're, they're <laughs> distinguishing him as a different person. Yep. Sorry, go ahead now. One thing that I've liked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the beginning is that despite a few hiccups here and there, despite a few foibles, the characters that they write are quite intelligent. Um, not necessarily just book smart, but they're emotionally smart too in most aspects. Yeah. Um, so I think that she will be fine with, you know, saying that was a different version of you. That was the you inside there because she can see that other people in here are other ways, you know? Yeah. True. Coulson's helping them right now, but he's only helping them because like you said, he's a conspiracy nut. And right. He, he I hear thinks, in the real world, I have a robot hand. Right. Pretty cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He hasn't like suddenly flipped a switch and said, oh my God, I have all of my memories. I remember who I am. He's helping them exactly. just because they got to him and he feels like it. So I have a feeling that she will not take that, you know, typical TV route and say, Oh, I can't trust you. I saw you kill someone. I think that she will more likely now she's going to want to get him out of here even more because she's going to be worried that he is being corrupted. Fair enough. Fair enough. I really appreciate the fact that uh, Madam Hydra there uh, references the other world. Like she's not yes. trying to hide the fact that this is a different world. You know, she says there is another world out there. She says in that world, the unthinkable happened. Shield won the war. Hydra was destroyed. You know, we were on the run. And he's like, whoa, yeah, that sucks. Uh, but they're talking about taking over the other world. So is she reprogramming all of their brains so that when they come out of the framework, they will have the I, memories and thoughts of the framework? Well, I think that's the machine she's building somehow. You think so? It's almost like they're going to go into these similar machines in the framework world, so when they come out in the real world, quote-unquote, they'll be linked to the framework still of the framework version of themselves. Yeah. That would it sounds sense. complicated, but that's that's what I was picturing when they kept talking about this machine or the, the, this thing. It's not ready to launch yet. She's like, well, we need to do it now and on and on and on. You know what I mean? Yep. And the so. other thing is, too, don't forget, you know, our heroes, uh, Daisy and uh, Gemma, are both – in there of their own volition, in their own safe spaces, you know, with like you're yeah. watching them and stuff. But we don't know how many other people in the world are being plugged into the framework, kind of like the Matrix, you know? Right. So it could turn out that when they rescue their friends, they discover that, you know, a million, two million people have been plugged into the framework and they're all part of this new yep. world as well. You know, maybe it's a new breed of Hydra is what's coming out of all this. Um, I... I think it was Rude that mentioned this to me. It might have been somebody else, but I think it was Rude who said – our, our friend Rude – who said um, it would be kind of cool if they made like a, a Ward LMD and they put his brain from the framework in it. Oh, yeah. And that's that would be a way to get him back on the show and have him rejoin the team except he would be a good guy again. That could be very interesting. I could get behind yeah. that. Yeah. So anyhow. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean I – 
I'm, I'm in, like I'm enjoying this season of Shield thoroughly, and yeah. I'm, I like what they're doing with this uh, with the framework world and everything. And and it's to me this this whole framework is just the giant Marvel what if, and I loved that comic when I was a kid. <laughs> Except this is like a multiple <laughs> issue version. Considering that the first episode back in the called, framework was called What If. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I saw that. I love the nod. I love the nod. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So, hey, I watched a couple movies. Okay. Uh, I watched these both on Netflix. The first one I watched, well, the first one I'm going to talk about at least, is called Backcountry. And it's it's a Canadian they call it, it's a Canadian horror flick and it's loosely based on a true story about a couple that head off into the Canadian wilderness and they have a run-in with a grizzly bear. So, did you say that it's Bat, B-A-T country or nope, Back, B-A-C-K? B-A-C-K. B-A-C-K, backcountry, okay. backcountry, like, you know, you're heading out to the backwoods or whatever, gotcha. the back 40 or whatever it is. Um, but it's, you know, it's sort of an isolation story as well because essentially a guy and a girl, they head off. Uh, they go out into the Canadian, this, this, this state park and they, they, you know, they're, they're heading out there and they're, you know, there's no sites. They're just free tenting, free hiking and everything. He's, you know, he's familiar with the area. She's not. She's not a camper. Um, there's a there's you know a bear that they are having issues with. Um, the Eric Balfour is in it as well. He plays like this guide that they run into, and so they have an uneasy night with him, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's actually it was it's a IFC Midnight film release. I think it came out in 2014. Apparently, I, I, it, was, it was a good flick. It was a good, enjoyable, you know, hour and a half long movie. Um, but yeah, that's, oh, I liked it. Nice. Uh, another flick I watched was called Train to Busan. And this is a South Korean zombie apocalypse action thriller is how it's described. Okay. And, uh, this is also on Netflix. So it is in Korean with English subtitles. And essentially it's snakes on a train, but it's not snakes. It's zombies. Okay. But it's not a comedy. It's a really good flick. I mean, it's done really, really, really well. And, you know, there's some sad, touching moments in it. There's some great moments. There's some action flicks in it. There's some very despicable, hateable uh, characters. There's some great, lovable characters. I mean, it's a it's a really, really good movie. I guarantee this is going to get a U.S. remake. Um, but this is on Netflix. It's a couple hours long. Um, but I don't mind a subtitled flick, and I really, really enjoyed it. I, I definitely, I know Aaron. Uh, Aaron said he liked it. Uh, Martin said he liked it. His wife liked it, or Aaron's wife liked it. Aaron hadn't watched it yet, or Martin's, or something like that. Doesn't matter. People we know. When people I and their wives seem to like it. People and their lot and their wives seem to like it. Not my wife; she doesn't care about that stuff. But um, <laughs> no, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a great, great flick, and I thoroughly recommend you go out of your way to watch this movie because it's really really done well and essentially it's there's some sort of uh, chemical leak at some plant and it results in a an outbreak of a uh, zombie virus i guess or zombie breakout and it's the stereotypical if you get bitten you become a zombie story you know um and they're confined in a train that's heading to the town of busan and um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a good it's a good flick. It's oh, a really excellent. good flick. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, one quick news note thing I want to bring up too. Um, so you know, it's coming out this year, the remake, correct? Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> the movie you, it. You said it so Pennywise fast, you're like, Pond. so it's coming out this year, and I'm like, what? Sorry. Uh, the movie it, the remake, uh, and this is something that it's been making the rounds on Facebook. I'm sure most of you have seen this or heard or whatever, but like in the story, Pennywise comes back every 27 years to, you know, do what he does. The original It movie came out in 1990, and now 27 years later, the remake's coming out. Oh, that's convenient. I like uh, it. Uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was funny. Nice. Yeah. Did you watch any any uh, any other movies or flicks or whatever shows? Um, I didn't watch any movies. Uh, I caught up on iZombie is back. I still really enjoy this show. I yep. know you've never really checked it out, but I still really enjoy it. This season, the twist is that uh, more people know that zombies exist. There's actually an entire corporation that exists that is filled with zombies, and they're trying yep. to get them to live a good life. They bought an island. They're going to set it up as, like, the home base for zombies because, as they said, you know, we're trying to live a normal life. You know, we try to fit into society, have jobs, etc. but we know as soon as humans hear that there are zombies around them, they're going to shoot first, ask questions later. And Fact. That, that is very factual. You know, we've all had a lot of pre-programming, so <laughs> it's got a good – um a good twist on it there. You know, normally it's just a crime procedural, but now we've got this added layer and so far I'm enjoying it. So I'll let you know more as that goes along. Nice. Um, other than that, I, I did again, some of my news is a little bit old, but I did see that, um, the defenders gave an official release date that, Oh, what is it? I didn't know that. Uh, eight eighteen two thousand seventeen. 2017. They, they did a little viral video. It was like a 30 second, um, video in a security camera in an elevator and you yeah. see all four of the defenders standing oh, in there. Yes. I saw that. I didn't see a date though. Yeah. Uh, what happens is Jessica Jones turns around and punches the camera. And when she does, it freezes at time code 0818201017. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not pick up on that. I yeah. feel foolish now. So yeah. So 818, we will be getting season one of the defenders. Fingers crossed. Um, and season two of Jessica Jones is filming right now. Yes. Um, I also saw, uh, what was it? Um, John Barenthal and his Punisher gimmick doing some filming. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that was for Defenders. I don't know if that was for Jessica Jones or his own show, but that's exciting. That's true. Yeah. I'm not sure, uh, which one. He would be filming for next. Hmm. I don't know if. Well, definitely Defenders is the next one coming out. Season two of Jessica Jones is filming. I don't know if they're going Punisher and then season four of or three of Daredevil or. Hmm. I don't know. I just know I can't wait for the Punisher. Yeah. Like I kind of wish they would encapsulate. Like I. I mean, yeah, they kind of did, but. I wish I knew what episodes to watch just so I could watch the Punisher story. I'm sure I could figure it out, and I could just oh, watch yeah. those in a row. Because you could probably I, Google just, it, too. I it. I'm probably. sure that somebody's got a list out there. I got a couple of trailers I checked out. Okay. Uh, one is called Hitman's Bodyguard. Have you seen this? I saw it. I have not watched the trailer yet, though. Okay, yeah. Go watch, laugh, repeat. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson being Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. 
awesome. I love it. You know what I mean? Where Brian Reynolds is a uh, bodyguard, Samuel L. Jackson's hitman, Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, he hires him. uh, Yeah, Sam L. Jackson hires you know Ryan Reynolds, even though he's still you know out killing people. Uh, the interaction between the two in the trailer is absolutely phenomenal, and I'm gonna—I I don't have it written down. I'm just gonna paraphrase from what I can remember. But Ryan Reynolds makes the comment of like, uh, "He's ruined motherfucker with his usage of it." <laughs> so well, the red, okay, yeah. Obviously, I watched a red brand, a red band trailer. Nice, but yeah, I'm—I'm I'm actually like—I I think I remember like hearing about the movie, but didn't really read a lot. But um, I really want to watch this flick. Like, yeah, this is definitely something I need to check out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be my – Excellent. Uh, I can't wait to yeah. check out that trailer. It was just one that slipped by the – slipped yeah. through the cracks for me. But, yeah, I want to yeah, check make, that out. Make now. sure you do. Make it a point. Go out of your way. you got to check out that, that uh, Red Band trailer. It is phenomenally good. And then you, I'm sure you saw the Thor trailer. Yes, I did. What would you think? I thought, well, I had a couple of different thoughts. Um, one of my thoughts was they're trying to uh, keep the momentum going with all the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 stuff that's been coming out recently. You know, yep. having the, the rockin' music in the background with Barracuda and um, making it a little high-octane, pe- uh, high action-oriented. Uh, yep. I'm excited for it. I think that Thor the Dark World was a bit too dark and a bit too um, dreary for a follow-up to the first one. I think that's why people didn't like it as much. Yep. This one looks to be the opposite of that. You know, he's got oh, yeah. buzz cut. And he's got the classic Thor helmet. That was great. Um, <sighs> I just I, – I love that. I'm sure I love the same part everyone loves in the trailer. <laughs> he's a friend from work. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, it's the incredible Hulk. And they don't ever, I don't think he even says Hulk, and he bursts out, and everyone's like, and he's like, yeah. And they're like, what do you mean, yeah? I know him. <laughs> he's a friend from work. Like, I just, I just, I love this reaction. I thought that was, was pretty yeah. fantastic. As genuine as a fictional reaction can be, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, one thing that kind of concerned me, I know that you always have to up the odds, you know? Yeah. So in the first Thor, we had the war on Asgard and, you know, the Rainbow Bridge got broken. In the second one, you had the war on reality with, you know, the Aether and everything. Yep. In this one, you've got a goddess who shatters Mjolnir in her hand. Yep. Now – I know that leading up to this, like when we had uh, Civil War, Thor was kind of off screen for a little bit of that. And he was having like visions and um, prophetic dreams of what was coming with Ragnarok. It could be that this is a dream sequence. It could be that this is like an in his mind kind of thing. I have a bit of a problem with Mjolnir being turned to dust by her hand. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not saying that it can't work. I'm not going to sit here and get into science and pull out my nerd glasses or anything. But it right. just when I saw that part, I know they were going for dramatic effect. But yep. for me, it was a bit too much. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like her catching it and then, you know, being like, ha, 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 no, no, no. That was yeah. fine with me. But then to just dust it, 
Yeah, I went full Dennis Nedry there. Um, no, all I could think of was when you said, I don't know why, all I could think of was, you are fibbing, 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 <laughs> you know, from DuckTales. Yeah, that's, nice. my brain, that's where my brain went. Sorry. Nice. Um, but yeah, I felt that part right there was a little bit much. We'll have to see what happens in the movie um, to rectify that. But yeah, ultimately, I thought it was a great trailer. I'm excited for the movie itself. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot more, um, like I said, I think they're going for a more Guardians of the Galaxy kind of vibe with it. Yep. And it showed in this trailer. I'm so, okay with that. I am too. Okay with it. I like the trailer. I thought it was good, so I'm okay with it. Um, Star Wars. I'm sure you saw that trailer. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, there were tears coming from my eyes at certain points. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. yeah. The, to have the first voice that you hear be Luke's saying, uh, breathe, uh, just breathe. Wow. Yeah. No, it's pretty phenomenal. I'm I'm pretty jacked about this movie. I and honestly, you know, The Force Awakens and Rogue One have not let me down at all. At all. Not even cl- like I just watched The Force Awakens the other morning again. I was at work. <laughs> I threw it up on the Stars app on my tablet because I was I was on the tail end of a 16-hour shift and I was suffering. And you know, that's just such a great movie to keep you going because it's just to me I love the movie. So Oh yeah. Um but yeah, this trailer, I mean, yeah, it it looks great. Um, I thought they kept it simpler than like a force awakens. Yes. And I'm okay with that. I am. Because too. basically to me, they're just saying like, Hey, you're going to come watch it no matter what we put in this trailer. <laughs> so we're going to keep it very subdued. We're not going to give away a lot of stuff, but yep. we're going to, we're going to move you at the same time. Yep. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, I agree completely. It it felt like what a trailer should be to me. It was not, you know, five and a half minutes of the movie showing us, you know, two minute scene here, a minute and a half scene here. You know, it just gave us clips, you know, seeing Finn in that whatever stasis pod. Yeah. Uh, BB-8 rolling along. Yeah, Just seeing little clips of the different characters and reminding us that, you know, hey, stuff's happening to them. Seeing Poe in the exploding hangar. Um, Kylo Ren, you know, how yep. does he look? We, we see the shattered helmet there. And, um, it was just, it was so well done. And at the same time, like you said, if this was all they gave us until December, I would be perfectly happy. In fact, I'd probably be happier than if they gave us more extended trees. You know, trailers. honestly, for me, they don't even need to release a trailer. They just need to put something out that says Star Wars. This is the date. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, the lightsaber noise or something. Uh, or in people, parentheses, people go. it won't be a prequel. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, people are going to go. Yep. It's Star Wars Episode Eight. They literally need to say nothing else to draw the fans in. This is true. To, to draw even the not fans. Well, that well, the thing is, is, like, it's, like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, it's a sequel to a movie, but we want to try and draw those people that haven't watched. You know, Star Wars is beyond that. This is the eighth film. This is not Puppet Master 8, directed, you know, direct-to-video, direct-to-DVD, direct-on-demand. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Yep. It's, it's not that. This is a beloved franchise with very rabid fans. They're going to go watch it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. How many people like, okay, I don't care for one, two, and three. I really don't. Like I haven't, I've still watched those multiple times. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and every time Jar Jar comes on the screen, I'm just like, but I still watch them. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and that, that's, this is the fan base you're dealing with. So yeah, it, this, this, (laughs) we're going to go. You don't need to do anything. All you got to say is we made it. Stop drilling your struck oil. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We, we made it. You know, do we like to see the footage? Yes. Do I want to see too much of it? No. Hell no. Yeah, I want to watch it. I want to be encapsulated at the movie. I mean, you know, every time. <sighs> there we go. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited. It's going to be that. great. I can't wait. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to I'm getting those tickets again like last <laughs> year, year before. Yep. So we'll be going. We will be going. Excellent. So I have just two more shows to talk about. I know you know what those shows are, even though we haven't set them. I know what they are. Do you have anything else? Uh, I had two news things that I just wanted to touch upon real quickly with you. Yeah. Uh, one of them it was very confusing for me and being in the hospital at the time, it confused me even more. So I just, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just like a fever dream or something. Um, apparently Josh Brolin is going to be cable. Yes. I saw that as well. And I really like, I thought at first that I was confused or, you know, it was an April Fool's Day joke or something, but it seems to be sticking and I'm not sure how I feel about it because on the one well, hand, I love Josh Brolin. I think he's a too. great guy. Um, Big fan. I loved, loved his turn as Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black 3. Oh, it was phenomenal. It was one of my favorite Men in Black movies, honestly, because of all the quantum yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but A, he's already Thanos. Yep. which is part of the Marvel Universe, yep. and B, uh, I just, I try to picture, I try to impose his face on Cable, yeah. and I'm having a hard time doing it. See, okay, if this was the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they were saying Josh Brolin is Cable, I'd be like, all right, fine, cool, I trust you. Yes. This is Fox. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying, really? Mm-hmm. Yep, but but at the same time, it's it's Deadpool. Yep. So okay, you know, like I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I think everyone, like I, I had my, I'm not gonna say I had my heart set on, but I I, I was rooting for Stephen Lang yes. to be Cable because he yep. looks like Cable to me, you know. Yep. Um, but. I'm a huge Josh Brolin fan, so I'm curious as how they're going to make it work, and I, I feel like they will. I feel like they will. I can get behind the idea of Josh Brolin punching Ryan Reynolds in the face ah. or genitals or whatever, you know, yep. maybe shooting his leg off or something. I could definitely get behind that kind of stuff. Yep. It just – I don't know. It, it was never on my radar. I've tried to come to grips with it. it I'm not there yet. Maybe if I see yep. him like – do a promotional thing. The closest I've seen was Ryan Reynolds tweeted out a thing. I don't know if you saw this. It was pretty funny. He has a picture of Deadpool's hand holding a cappuccino and Josh Brolin's face is in it. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. The caption says, the fuck, Fox? You can't play two characters in the same universe. Josh Brolin was in Sicario and I was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. (laughs) Gotta love it. Um, But 
Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm against it. It just, it was not the type of thing where I saw the announcement and then went, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I just kind of went, huh, really? And it still hasn't quite, um, uh, like settled well with me. So we'll see. And the only other thing that I had was, uh, it was kind of a stealth announcement yesterday. It's no shock whatsoever, but James Gunn will be writing and directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It was officially announced. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's awesome. Yep. So he had put a thing up on like uh, Instagram and Twitter and he was like, Hey guys, I'm going to have an announcement at noon, you know, tune in to check. And then just afternoon, the news feed just exploded and it was just like, Oh, James Gunn will be back for the third guardians. And, uh, apparently this will be closing out this iteration of the guardians though, which is going to be interesting. It's an interesting way to put it. Like, I don't know if they mean that the next batch, because the guardians is kind of like the Avengers. It was always a group that the members evolved and revolved and moved around. So it could be that the next guardians of the galaxy will be a different director, a different writer and different team. Right. But anyway, yeah, that's all I got. So what you got? Well, I want to talk about class. Yes. Now, um, this actually, there's, it's an eight, eight episode series. Yeah. All eight episodes already aired over in the UK last October. You can actually buy the Blu-ray as of January. I didn't realize this till the other day, but you can buy the Blu-ray world region format now. So you can <laughs> just watch, watch them all, you know? Nice. Um, but I watched the first episode and I will say the first 10, 15 minutes was not impressed with it. Wasn't a fan of it. Didn't really see where they were going with it. Kind of was almost maybe I'm not gonna say a little confused, but I was just like wasn't well I wasn't following. It was not clicking with me. And then it, it did finally click. And um, you know by the end of it, they had really established the the world we're in, the roles people are gonna play, and, and where we're going. So I am kind of curious to see what's gonna happen going forward. Yep. Um. I've heard, read a lot of bad stuff about it, though. Oh yeah, like bad reviews yeah, and such. Bad reviews, yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's 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 a a young adult series, you know, trying to play off, say maybe how Buffy was, but it doesn't it doesn't have many of the elements that Buffy had that made it so fantastic, and on and on and on. So like, there's a part of me that's a little doubtful, yep. you know, but. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a go. What did you, what did you think? You're much better at describing it than I am. Well, first off, the um, the people that say that are comparing it to Buffy, I kind of get that because they're similar veins. But at the same time, you're comparing the first episode of a show to a show that has run seven seasons on TV plus. Oh. Uh, what was it? Five seasons of Angel spinoff. Plus, yeah. they've had another three seasons in comic book form. So, no, this just real quick. The comparison <laughs> yeah. was made from the entire season of Class Two. Okay, it wasn't just this. wasn't a first episode um, rating. This was what people were saying about the entire series once they were done. Sorry, I didn't. I I was not specific on okay. that. That that's okay. Um, but still, it, it's but though, like you're saying, though apples and oranges, the weight, like you were saying, I mean, you have a couple hundred episodes of a universe as opposed to eight. Yes, yes. Um, 
So, Class, for those who don't know, is a spin-off series of Doctor Who, kind of like Torchwood was back in the day. Um, Class takes place at Coal Hill Academy in the modern time, in 2017. Coal Hill Academy was the uh, school where uh, the Doctor's granddaughter, Susan, from way back when he was first, you know, the first iteration of the Doctor, his granddaughter went to Coal Hill Academy. It's always held a place. They've had multiple episodes where they've gone back to Coal Hill Academy. Um, even so recent as Peter Capaldi was the caretaker at uh, Coal Hill Academy in one of the episodes that they did when Clara and Danny were there because Clara and yes. Danny taught there. Um, so it definitely, the, the Academy has a uh, presence of its own. It's not quite TARDIS level, but it has its own. And this is modern Coal Hill Academy following some kids that all are brought together by a crisis. In this case, it's um, Shadow Monsters. And, and it's called The Cabinet. Yes. And, I, okay, does The Cabinet make a TARDIS noise? No. I could have sworn I heard, like, it was weird, like, a couple of times. I don't know if it was the timing of it. I don't know if it was just my audio was a little messed up on it a little bit here and there. But for some reason, I thought it was making, like, a weird TARDIS noise when he had the doors open. But anyway, Nothing sorry, that I ahead. picked up on. <coughs> okay. Yeah, we find out in the first episode that two of the people in this team are actually aliens from another planet. Um, their planet was destroyed. They're the last two of their kind and they're here. They were brought here by the doctor, um, to kind of take refuge. And the, uh, the shadow aliens want this cabinet of souls, you know, everything that ever dies on that planet, its soul goes in there, can be used to repopulate them later, or could be used as a weapon to destroy, uh, countless things, etc. Um, it was, the thing is, this was a much darker show, kind of like when Torchwood came out. It was a much darker show than Doctor Who. And Doctor Who, don't get me wrong, has its dark moments. I mean, it can go really dark when it wants to. Uh, yes, it can. But this show, like, it, granted, it was kind of off screen. It was at least off camera. But we saw the star football kid get his leg hacked off we we saw a girl get impaled on shadowy swords and her blood spray all over her boyfriend's face Funnily yeah enough, it was kid. it was it was definitely a lot darker and more graphic and violent i guess kind of like torchwood was compared to doctor who yep but they still like to hear doctor who at seven o'clock over there in the uk so ah gotcha yeah um i Okay, if you're just giving like a thumbs up, thumbs down, I give it a thumbs up. I liked it, but like you, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it. I I want to see how it's going to play out. Um, because the first episode really felt like again it could have been self-contained movie type of thing. They didn't resolve everything. The guy got away. Um, her heart is still out there with him. So yeah, they're, they're sharing connected. a part of the heart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, one of the girls, her heart is connected to the uh the Shadow King. So if one of them dies, the other one dies. Um but you know, and now their their telemetry is scrambled so they can't find Earth again for now. Um But there's there's they establish that they do have a link between the two because she had seen flashes of, of the Shadow King's world. Yep. So I'm sure that'll somehow play into how they get back there. Yep. Which um, I know you didn't read the books or watch the movies or anything, but it's a nope. very Harry Potter thing. Yeah. Uh, well, just going back real quick. I mean, like, 
you know, like you're saying how dark this is. I mean, like the Shadow King, like they they don't attack slowly. They attack all at once everywhere at the same time, slaughtering three like 30 million people in one fell swoop. I mean, like that was established in this episode. Yes, that's that's who they are. But the reason why they didn't do this on Earth or at Cole Hill is because they want the cabinet. Right. Sorry. Nope, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I again, I did enjoy it. It's not something that I came out of it like jumping up and down and saying, "Oh, I'm so excited." I was more nope. excited leading up to it because I kept seeing the previews for the show, and they yeah. kept having little 15 second vignettes of the characters and what they were going to be doing and stuff. And I was getting really pumped for it. And then I watched the show, and I was like, "Hmm, okay." Um, wonder what they're going to do with the other seven episodes. Yeah, like I definitely haven't given up on it by any means, but yep. uh, you know, because like you said, if you if you were thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, I definitely give it a thumbs up. Yep. Um, and I'm gonna watch more episodes. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's. I'm curious to see where they're going to go, uh, but I also know that they only have seven more episodes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it could be one of those that it's a slow burn. I mean, I remember I always tell people with uh, the rebooted series of Doctor Who, you got to get up to like episode nine or ten before it really starts taking hold and like, oh, boy, I really want to watch this. So it could be that we've got that going on for us. You know, it's funny. I didn't actually feel that way with the first with – the, with, the, with the rebirth. I – I had to get through the first. I think. I think for me, it was the Peter Peter Capaldi season two. I had to get through like the first few episodes before it hooked me back in. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, moving away from class, <laughs> Doctor Who is back. Doctor Who is back. <laughs> and I was very confused that this episode was called the pilot. Yes. <laughs> uh, because I'm like, but we, this isn't the pilot. It's okay. It's episode one of season 10 or series 10, but it's not the pilot, but that it's, it makes more sense when you watch the show. Yes. Um, but you, you're, like I said, you're better at explaining this than me. Go. So when we last left, um, the doctor, it, we had had two Christmas episodes in a row. Like we had the Christmas episode, which was, um, Oh my God, why can't I remember the name of it? Basically, it's the one where River Song. Yeah, it's the, the Many Husbands of River Song. Yes, thank you. You're uh, so that's where we first got Nardole introduced. I'm so glad they've kept him around, by the way. Me too. And, uh, and we got to see River Song's last night alive. Basically, the yes. culmination when she got her sonic screwdriver, you know, this is right before she heads into the library from Silence in the Library where she meets David Tennant's doctor and, you know, goes on her last living adventure, which is really sad. Um, then we waited a year and we got another Christmas episode, which was the return of Dr. Mysterio. And we learned that it's been like 27 years that the 24 years, 24 years that the doctor's been on his own and isolated yep. and, you know, Nardole's really worried about him. Um, both great episodes, both great stories. Uh, but this one picks up in an odd spot. Everything about this episode was odd compared to other Doctor Who episodes. I, I would agree because it's almost like we started already. We it's like we um, we joined this show in progress or whatever. Yes, yes. <laughs> so out of the blue, the Doctor is now a professor. 
<laughs> at a university. Yeah. And I use the word university because that's the British word. Um, right. Americans might say college. Yeah. And he's guarding – and we establish that he's guarding some sort of vault, but we have no idea what it is, why he's guarding it, or what's inside it other than he's guarding it and it's at this university for some reason. But it also seems like he doesn't even know because I got the sense yes. that he can't even yeah. get into it. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, so basically he introduces us to Bill – uh, his new companion, Bill, I don't know why we've got a male's name on a woman, but whatever, she's cool. She's, it's not even, it's not even Billy. Right. It's Bill. Bill Potts. And, and it's kind Super of funny. I, I don't know if there's like, if that's supposed to be another take, but you know, when we first came back to, um, uh, Doctor Who, his first companion, Rose Tyler, was played by Billy Piper. So True. I don't know if that's supposed to be a, tip of the hat or whatever. But anyway, so, you know, it's every companion that he's ever come across has been for a reason. You know, there's been something that's drawn him to them. And in this case with Bill, he's asking her why she keeps showing up to his lectures. Why do you keep showing up to my lectures? And she's like, oh, because I'm a student. And he's like, no, you're not part of my lectures. She's like, oh, well, I'm not showing up. And he's like, yes, you are. And then she, and she's like, all right, I'm not really a student. <laughs> yeah. But she flips it on him and she's like, what, am I in trouble? Can I go? And so she's not like – she's not intimidated, but she's also not like no. on the defensive. She's not being no. mean about it. Um, which she just cool. finds his lectures interesting. Yeah, and he said that what he noticed about her is that when people don't understand things, they frown. When she doesn't understand things, she smiles, yep. and he likes that about her. Um, but most of – like I'd say the first half hour or so is just build up. Like it's yes. not him showing her the TARDIS or time travel or anything like that. It's no. him telling her, you know, get out of here. I'm going to be your private tutor. Show up at 6 o'clock every night. I'll teach you some things. You're going to be a student here. And, it, and that aspect of a, it was cool. We get a passage of time. Yes. And but a montage, if you will. Yes, we get a montage passage of time, several months. As a matter of fact, by the end of the episode, it's Christmas again. Yeah. Right. Which, which was or, really or, odd. Or, no, no. Midway through the episode, it was Christmas again. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like this episode was like a year's time. Yep. In one episode, which Doctor Who, I mean, they did it brilliantly. If that is the length of time it was, I mean, it was definitely. Multiple seasons in several months, and they did it in a way with which it made sense. Yep, and everything, and and also, I mean, like I I got this from this. It's implied to me that she's a lesbian or has or yes. you know what I mean. Is interested in girls. Yep, um, she is she is the first openly gay companion. There we go. Is that an official thing? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. And people asked about Jack Harkness, and they laughed and said Jack Harkness took anything. I was about to say, no, no, Jack Harkness is like the Todd. He, he was like, beauty exactly. and all <laughs> he was like omnisexual or pansexual or whatever. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she definitely fancies girls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was also, I don't know if you noticed this. They had a lot of big nods for an episode called the pilot. They really yes. had a lot of nods on, like on his desk, he had a picture of River Song and he also yep. had a framed picture of Susan, his granddaughter. Yes. Um, basically family members. Yep. Um, he had a cup that had all of his old sonic screwdrivers in it from all the years before, you know, the first, second, third, which was really cool. Incidentally, I loved that. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, it was great that they were just like sitting there like pencils. 
Yes, and that he's back to using a sonic screwdriver is also phenomenal. Yes. I can't say that enough. I hated the sonic sunglasses with great passion. And it's very interesting that this new sonic screwdriver fluctuates. It can be blue light or green light. Yes, I saw that. I thought at first he had switched screwdrivers, and then when I got the better look, yeah, we overwatched this episode probably. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but but at the heart of every episode of Doctor Who is that there's some kind of crisis, there's some kind of creature or catastrophe or emergency or whatever. And in this case, it's the puddle, you know, and there's this girl that Bill keeps running into who talks to her about the reflection in the puddle. She's like, did you notice it? Something's wrong with your reflection. Um, Bill's just fancy at a girl, you know, she's she's yeah. a cutie. She, the girl's cute, and she's got a little she, iris discoloration that turned her iris. It looks like there's a star exploding in her eye. Yeah, her name is her name is uh, Heather. Heather, yes. Yep. And Heather notices the puzzle because of her eye. Because when she's looking at the puzzle, it's not a reflection. Puddle. Uh, I said puddle, right? You said puzzle. Oh, sorry, puddle. It's not a reflection. It's her looking at herself. Yes. So like. Her eye is on the, you know what I mean? It's, it's her eye is on the opposite side. Yes. Like That's normally you look into a mirror and, you know, yep. your right eye is on the right side. But this is more like you're looking at a picture of yourself. Yes. And for some reason, and the reason why it's called pilot is because the puddle is looking for someone to become their pilot mm-hmm. and to transport them around somehow. Yeah. It, the best the doctor can figure is that it's an amorphous, liquid fuel source slash whatever it needs to be like a, a liquid that can be fuel or it can repair the ship or whatever. Um, and it can travel through space and time. Yes. And it, this is a puddle of it that was left behind by a ship. That's why the scorch marks were there almost like an oil leak and it wants to do what it's supposed to do. So it finds Heather who looks into it and says, every time I think about things, I just want to go away. I just want to yep. go somewhere else. And it says, okay, Pilot discovered. And then Heather promises Billy, Bill, that, you know, oh, well, don't leave without me. And she promises that she won't, which is then how she becomes, becomes transfixed on her. Yes. Yes. She wants to take her with her because, you know, no organism wants to be alone. Exactly. So the pilot needs a passenger and Bill is supposed to be that passenger. And so then the doctor tries to help Bill get away and figure out what's wrong and figure out what to do. And by doing so, he has to break a promise that he made, apparently. Yeah. Which he says at the end, which they don't establish that until like literally only two minutes left in the episode. Yep. But he made some sort of promise that he wasn't going to do this anymore, take a companion, travel around and everything. That's why he was being a teacher. But they have to get in the TARDIS. They, they, they go down to the basement, you know, and my favorite part is like, She's not getting it straight away, and he even says that to Nardo. Like, doesn't usually they've, they've caught on faster than this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I loved it when she finally said, "Wait a minute, it's way bigger on the inside than yeah. the outside." Nardo from off screen is like, "Oh, we finally got there. All right then." <laughs> oh, I, although that's what it was. Is the doctor says, "I wrote it down. I just found it." Is this me, or is this taking longer than normal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then she like, you know, but like, she's like, you know, so, okay, yeah, all right. It's not a lift. You know, it's not, it's not, well, a, yeah, it's not a breakout. Like a this is, 
Yeah, this is not a breakout. This is, you know, we're traveling through space and time. And, you know, she once she figures it out and grasps it all, she's like, this is amazing. This is awesome. And, of course, I'm sure you marked out as much as I did. That's a wrestling term for we got to see Daleks. Yes. Even if it was brief, we got to see Daleks, oh, real Daleks. Yes. They recognized yeah. him. And yeah. the, the fact that he uh, – what was it? That's where he took the the liquid creature. He yes. was like, "I'll take it to the worst fire in the history of you know whatever." Yeah. And they go in time, and they go to the Daleks, and he goes like, "Identify!" And he shows him the magic, you know, the sonic screwdriver. Read this and tell my you are identified as the Doctor Exterminate. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Get her. And I love too that he didn't even bother explaining it to Bill. You know, she's like, "What's that?" He's like, "It's a Dalek." She's like, "What's a Dalek?" He's like, uh, "You know what? It's a Dalek." It'll take too long. <laughs> yeah, it's a Dalek. Yep. But it was awesome. I loved it. it. I loved how they established a story, figured everything out, how they solved you know the puddle creatures crisis and. You know, it was done really, really well. And then at the end, you know, he's going to – I love it when he goes to reach in. He's like, oh, going to touch her on the head. And he's like, stop. I've seen sci-fi movies. Yes. Uh, I know. I, I know a memory wipe coming when I see one. You know, <laughs> It's funny because like, like you were saying, you know, it takes her longer to realize that this is a spaceship and that she's traveling through time and space and that it's bigger on the inside. She's a little slower on the uptick there, but on the modern stuff – yeah. In some aspects of it, she's like even more in tune than he is. Yeah. Oh, the line where she says, I know you don't care for sci-fi stuff. Yes. <laughs> sci-fi stuff. And she turns around and sees the, you know, the interior of the TARDIS for the first time. <laughs> and she's like, looks just like, oh my God, is this a kick out? And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yep. uh, but yeah, no, um, she, he can, she convinces him. Not to wipe her memory. Yeah, you know, give give me a week. Just give me a day to remember. This is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. Just let me remember it for a day. It's and, it's yeah. the subtle things in this show that like set me off. Like I get really emotional in this show sometimes. Um, oh, me too. So when she was doing that, and you know, she's like, "Give me a week. Give me a day. Just a day to remember this stuff." And she's like, "Nope, fine, whatever. Go ahead and do it." But you know what? How would you feel if someone did this to you? Oh, and then yeah. it wasn't just the fact that, you know, Clara had done that to him. You know, Clara yep. wiped herself from his memory so he doesn't remember what she looks like, anything like that. It was the fact that they then very subtly in the background started playing Clara's theme music. You know, yep. dun, 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 dun. It was so, like, it just made my eyes well right up. I was like, oh, my yep. God. That was so too. well done. <sighs> yeah. I'm, I'm very curious what they're going to do with this show next season. We're going to, you know, Stephen Moffat's leaving, Peter Capaldi's leaving, you yeah. know, is it going to be as well done? I, I like to think so because uh, I like to think, yeah, I don't want to Stephen Moffat survived the Russell T Davies years. I love the Russell T Davies years. You know, that you know, was, I did too. Yeah. And then Stephen Moffat came on and it was a, it was very different at first, but now that I go back and rewatch them, it yeah. was phenomenal. It really was. Oh, yeah. And then uh-huh. I, I think that this is going to be another sh- a case like that where it's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, me too. And then just to surmise real quick, the, the ending of this episode. Yes. She, she runs away. And I love how she stopped and she like touched her head to see if she could still remember her stuff. And we saw flashes of things that happened. And she was so excited that she remembered. And then she stepped outside. And there's the doctor. 
there's the TARDIS and he's like, and that's when she leaves the room, that's when he says, I know I promised I wasn't going to do this anymore. Yep. But we don't know who he's talking to about. And then it just cuts to he's outside and he's like, do you want to go on an adventure? Yes. And she's like, yes. And then, you know, that's it. It was great. I loved it. I loved the episode. <laughs> I think um, I think that that vault that he was trying to get into in the school is yeah. going to be like – it's going to be something in the background of – The season? Yes. Um, yeah. Whether it will be like the Pandorica, you know, the Pandorica opens or something along those lines, I really think that we're going to keep coming back to that. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with that oh, because same. I love a yeah. good mystery. But yeah, I think that that's going to become a thing and that whatever's inside there is going to be pretty awesome. Did you watch the, uh, the, st- you know, like, uh, coming, coming this season, soon. like they showed the big clips of, what's I did. Gosh, right? Like they showed us glimpses of so much stuff, you know, and uh, I'm excited. Did I'm you happen excited. to catch the very brief glimpse? But it's there and you Are can screen generating. No, no, there's that. But yeah, um, John Sim. Yes. As the master. Yes. Why? Yes, I did. Like, how does that happen? Missy is the master. now, But it wasn't just John Sim as the master. See, it was, it was John Sim this. With the goatee, like the original master back during the third, uh, the third doctor. But we saw Missy as well. Yes. We? Yes, we, we saw did. Them both. Yes, we saw them both. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm excited. It, it was one of the, um, uh, it was one of the best premieres for Doctor Who that I've experienced in a while. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I felt like the uh, the tempo was more upbeat. The music was really upbeat. Like it was almost yeah. like a, a new age pop synthy, but done well, you know, not done cheesy. I love the the theme of the show itself, the Doctor Who theme. Like they've managed to keep it basically the same music forever. Yep. From back before the, re, you know, even, you know, back in the 80s and 90s or whatever. Um, but they changed it a little bit for the new season or the new doctor or whatever. Yep. But just hearing that music gets me pumped. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact like, John, how long have you been watching this show, John? I can't even think now, but a long time. Years. You know, years I years. mean, when I, when I was a kid, I was watching it on PBS. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I watched, I watched it back in the 80s yep. when I was, you know, a kid and I watched it in the 90s or whatever. I've watched reruns and this and that and everything. And then, you know, I got into the re- – so, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. When you hear that theme, that familiar sound, that familiar tone, it's nostalgia. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like there's certain horror movies that you watch. Like for me, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th or whatever. Like you hear that certain tone, you hear certain music, you're like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm watching it or star Wars even, you know what I mean? The star Wars music, but like with Dr. Who, it's just like, you've been watching it for so long, so many seasons. Like for me, that, that gets me going too. Absolutely. You know, when they do the opening credits and I'm just like sitting there like, yeah, clapping like to myself, (laughs) (laughs) like, like a fool. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I love it. I love it. I think um, for me personally, 
I wish I had watched Class before I'd watched Doctor Who because I was so pumped and jacked after Doctor Who that I think Class felt like more of a letdown because of that. Okay, so I watched Class before Doctor Who okay. because of that exact reason. <laughs> because like I'd kind of heard some negativity about Class, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch Class first. Got a little bit of tease at the Doctor in Class. That was pretty damn cool. Um you know, because he was Peter Capaldi was in the it was in the episode for you know a, a bit at the end there. He's the one that kind of figured things out for him. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad I watched it in the order I did. Yeah, I, I bet you I would have enjoyed it more had I done it yep. that way. That's um, my viewing schedule will be class prior to Doctor most likely. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'll probably try the same Go, going forward. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So there. Yeah. Some good stuff. <laughs> um, I, I actually thought of one more thing. I, I kind of want to end it on the doctor, but I, I do want to bring this up real quick. Uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. Um, I was going to say something about that too. Have you, did you watch any of that at all? I have not. There are two shows that I haven't watched yet at all. Yeah. That's Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Prison Break since it came back. Okay. So we all know, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000, basically what it was about initially. If you were a fan of the show or you watched the show previously, you know, basically this is an experiment and this guy's being forced to watch bad movies. Yep. So he um, built himself a couple of robots so that he wouldn't be lonely. Exactly. Um, this literally jumps right into that. Like, there's like a maybe a maximum five minute opening. Then there's a song to explain what's happening, and Excellent. we're watching a movie. Excellent. So, like, the the problem I had with it actually was it's been a long time since we've had some Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yep, like eighteen years or something like that. Right, 1999 or something. God, it's been that long. Yeah, I guess so. so. I remember when I looked up. I mean, it's been a long time. Okay, <laughs> so if they want to draw in new fans, they really, I think they, I think they, they mulliganed this beginning, or they bullied it, whatever you want to say for it. I, okay. I, I think they shot themselves in the foot because basically they did a beginning for people that know what the show it's about and don't need to have a explain to them as what to the watching what's happening. They literally just jumped right into it. Gotcha. Which I'm not complaining about because no. I watched the show. Yeah. And I know what it's about. Yep. And so I was kind of like, cool, they got right into the movie. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, ah, but if you're, if you're not a fan, right. we've never watched it. You know what I mean? They're you're going to be like. to draw in new fans. Yes. Yes. And I guess, I mean, that's, I mean, in one way that's good because they're, you know, they're, they're paying, they're staying true to their loyal fan base. But at the same time, you think you'd want to build new fans. Because it's been a long time, you know? Yes, yes it has. Oh. And it's not exactly the type of thing. Like, if you were a, a normal person who had never seen the original, we'll say millennial, okay? Yeah. He's never seen the original, doesn't know what it is, and you're flicking through Netflix, and suddenly you just see Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Sounds like a documentary. Yeah. And then even if you say, oh, well, let me check the first episode, you're going to watch it, because, okay, the effects, the spaceship, it's all cheesily awesome. Excellent. You're going to watch it and you're just going to be like, what the hell is this? Okay, what? wait a second. Why is this guy sitting in a – why am I watching this movie with like an outline of, of a guy and two robots in a theater row? <laughs> and why are they making fun of the movie? 
You know what I mean? Like they, there's not enough of. I don't think there's enough explanation getting you there if you've never seen it before and you're walking right. into it for the first time ever. Yeah, that 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 was all. That was all. But otherwise, take that out of it. If you're a fan of the show, this is awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I can't wait to plug that one in and start cranking yeah. through it. Yeah. So yeah, cool, cool. All right. I'm good. I got everything in there. All right. Well, that's good. I was worried. Yeah, I, I'm sure you were. I mean, but you got everything in there you want to talk about this week, I mean? I believe so, yeah. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. All right, so hey, uh, check us out. Uh, we're online. We're on social medias. You, we're reach-outable. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm at SuperstarML on the Twitter. I'm at the Quantum Geek. That's G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? And then we got that Facebook page over there, What Did You Watch This Week? And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. 